Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell, here to talk about the Thursday, January 11th NHL Daily Fantasy Slate. DJ, how are you doing? How was your Tuesday night? Yeah, uh, Jason Dickinson, you know, I mean, doesn't, I'm, I'm not even going to get into it. Uh, yeah, I know, I mean, DFS-wise, I was just not quite there. Uh, I played Vancouver 1, like I said, I planned on it, and I just didn't get there, although... Um, the chalk didn't smash. So I think I could have had a better chance. Like if you, t- if you would have told me, you know, Vancouver's going to score as many goals as they did. Uh, was it seven in the end or six? You know, I still would have done the same thing every time. Um, and then betting wise, I had five of seven, but Jason Dickinson broke my entire heart. Like five of seven is barely a profit. If anything, and six of seven is everything I need and more at least, well, I guess not everything I need. Seven would have been better. Uh, but yeah, uh, that was that was pretty shitty to watch Darnell Nurse just slip slide away and Dickinson do snipe. Um, but how was your night? Um, yeah, I mean it was it was okay. I, I literally wound up backdooring like the the mid cash line, but on a night where Matthews got completely uh, frozen out of a seven goal explosion from the Leafs. And watching a Zach Hyman hat trick literally disappear and turn into 2.6 fantasy points thanks to an overturned uh, goaltender interference goal, an offsides challenge goal, and a missed empty netter. Um, it, it's pretty, you know, it was just one of the more tilting experiences. Um, you know, to hit the Gunther ceiling, Tomasino scores. I get the absolute nut run out for my chalk goalie. Um, and I was the only guy in the $432 contest to have both Matthews and McDavid because I thought that like that was doable given the extreme values that were available on the slate. Um, so I was really happy with how I played, you know, that these results were quite tilting. Um, but, you know, uh, at the end of the day, I made slightly more. Well, I guess technically I lost money because the qualifier like netted up with zero, but uh you know, have some more cash than I did before, I guess was the, uh, you know, the, the primary takeaway, but um, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a good night, all things considered, uh, but certainly a very frustrating one as well, which, you know, as I always say, it's easier to tune in or to tune out entirely when you're just dead than it is to be hanging around the cash line. You know, like that's always a more grueling sweat than just the, nope, close the laptop, you know, we're done here. Um, which thankfully I haven't had in, you know, a, a a few days now since the start of the new year. So hoping to keep that going here on Thursday. Yeah. I wonder like if maybe you have a better threshold for that than me. Like, I feel like I, as soon as Dickinson scored, I was like, I completely obliterated. Like the night was a complete disaster. And like five to seven is really not that bad. You know, you like all considered like I, I was ready to throw my phone into Niagara falls and I'm just like, I feel like, like and I, I text you probably every single night when something happens. I feel like I am just so quick to jump. Uh, do you have any advice for people like me? You know, when you're playing DFS um, or you're gambling, how, how do you keep yourself from going over the edge too soon? Well, I mean, I'm not coming at this from a position of of, of strength because last night was easily one of. I mean, last night was the most tilt that I have been. Now, part of that was, you know, the. I didn't know Gunther was going to have a 30, you know, 25 point night to sort of bail me out. So I kind of thought I was wasting a goalie, you know, based on, you know, everything that happened and just seeing all the goals and everything happened. So I did not have a good night last night in that regard. I think I was, you know, maybe we were equally tilted, but uh, I will say that it's, 
it's very easy to see the negatives and it's not quite as easy to embrace the positives. And, you know, in your position hitting five bets, right. You know, yeah, you were probably laying significant juice if you didn't make money or whatever off of hitting a five of seven round robins. But um, there's, you know, that there's, there's a lot of positives. And honestly, at the end of the day, hockey is such a fun sport that like, I, I really honestly don't know that I've had a bad day, like just watching hockey and, and tilting my face off. Like at the end of the day, I'm still watching like a really cool sport and watching people do cool things, um, which is the exact, exact opposite of how I feel about football where it's like, Oh wow, that was a cool thing. And Oh, there's 10 other dudes who, you know, crumpled their knees or got, you know, concussions and, you know, it's just, it's just a brutal sport to watch. So um, at the end of the day, I think just appreciate the sport and that, helps you get past most of it but you know you, you can see my face here on the uh on the stream yard if you're watching this on youtube i'll do the wave again um it, it's a tough thing for me to say because you know last night was certainly one of my more frustrating nights but well, let's get into thursday because hey, you, um yeah. okay go ahead i was gonna think you'll never see me saying a negative thing about the nfl and then i was gonna transfer us right into the the slate that was my plan but you uh you know what you cut me off you started the process why don't i read out the games and you pull up the uh the, the ad read of sorts does that sound good can do 13 games i say 12 all right 13 games so we have anaheim my god ottawa at buffalo la at florida edmonton at detroit san jose at montreal on a home back-to-back toronto at the i Vancouver at Pittsburgh, New Jersey at Tampa, Seattle at Washington, the New York Rangers at the St. Louis Blues, Chicago at Winnipeg, Calgary at Arizona, and Boston at Vegas on a back-to-back. I honestly think it's, is it both home? Are they home tonight, Vegas, while we're recording? No, they're on the road. So it's road to home back-to-back. So two back-to-backs, everyone else will be fresh off of a night off. I will now mute myself, and we can talk about where we're going to be placing our bets, and we're going to be playing. Uh... Yeah. Um, so we. So, so I'm, I'm pulling up the. I'm, I'm trying to do a screen share while you read through the games for our YouTube fam. Um, but you know, uh, of course, uh, it goes it goes very poorly. But um, I think before we talk over the slate, let's get to the ad read uh, as. I guess, as always, as the past 12 episodes have been, uh, this episode is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, now, this is a DraftKings Daily Fantasy show, of course, but, you know, uh, we, we've been inclined to, uh, you know, uh, place a better two over on the DraftKings Sportsbook. So uh, we know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network, THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 97777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill and Casino and Resort in Kansas. 
21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.com hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources nhl and the nhl shield are registered trademarks of the national hockey league all right so uh as i was sharing we have a loaded 13 game slate on the docket here um now it's not very fun to see that some of the top teams include uh, Seattle, Edmonton, I mean, Edmonton, sure, uh, Buffalo, Carolina um, in the top four of the expected goals index um, based on my, you know, rainbow colors or whatever, uh, which basically just take the last 10 games for each team, uh, apply some adjustments based on opponents and basically output uh, how each team is playing over the last 10 coming into things not accounting for things like injuries and, you know, other uh, news items that could potentially impact the team's projection for the day. It's not a projection. It's an index, you know, very, very slight difference, of course. But um, in any case, you should expect to see ownership come in on the Edmonton Oilers, of course. Um, I think Toronto, even though they're on the road against the Islanders, I think they might get some ownership. Um, Montreal's home to the Sharks, but they're on a road back-to-back. Well, actually... You know, they're on it back-to-back with travel as they are in Philly. Actually, is that game in Philly? I should know this because it's right down the street for me. Uh, yes, it is in Philly. Okay. Uh, so I would not expect too much ownership on Montreal just because the odds won't necessarily be in their favor. Um, but, you know, all that to say, there's Winnipeg against Chicago. I mean, we've seen Winnipeg in these plum spots not do much of anything for three weeks now. So, like is this really going to be another spot where we run to the table in a 13 game slate with 20% Winnipeg one and get burned? I'm not sure. Um, so right, right away, this slate strikes me as wide open. Um, so that we're not going on forever through these 13 games. Why don't we just get right into the first one? Got anything else to add here? Nope. Let's get right into it. Um, where there's a lot of new, uh, a good amount of news here. There's two players one of them we know will not be playing in Trevor Zegras, and one that we're expecting to be out in Marty Natchez. Both of them are 4,300. Both of them were presumably going to be in the top six, and things will be a little bit different tomorrow, and definitely we want to keep an eye on practice. Now, neither of these were guys that I was, uh, especially Zegras, looking at uh, as locks or guys I was really too interested in playing going into the slate, but it could make something a little bit more interesting uh, as we attack this game. So let's start with... Uh, the Anaheim side of things, um, like I said, Zegras, 100% not going to play. It doesn't sound entirely great. Uh, it, I don't know if you saw the play, lower body. It, his foot got kind of like caught in the boards and like went down. Not the best. Uh, they, you know, won five to three. That that game didn't, it was not as close as that score makes it sound. They were up five nothing and Nashville found a way to get, you know, three in the mix. Uh the guy who moved up to the top power play, if you're asking, was Carrick. So there is maybe a guy that's cheap, but he only had 13 minutes. Toronto, Henrique, um, Perry, and Kalorn had the, the most of the five-on-five work. Uh, but then again, Vitrano still not in the top power play, nor was Henrique. So you can kind of see a couple different ways of attacking it, but it, it just feels very clunky to me. Uh, and I don't think anyone's going to be playing Anaheim anyways, but all of this to say that I don't know. They decided top power play. Let's put Carrick up there. He's just 2,600, yeah. but not the only 2,600 player on this slate. So, yep. In a different matchup, I would almost argue that 
the other power play is the Anaheim first unit, um, especially without Zegras. Um, so I, I, you know, it's it's obviously out of play. 7K for Toronto against Carolina. It's not happening on a 13-gamer. So I'm inclined to move on, but um, I don't think this is necessarily as cut and dry as like, oh, well, you know, that's the first unit and, you know, this second unit's the second unit. Like, it does kind of seem like this might just be Cam Fowler's, like, uh, team for the next go of it. I mean, Mitchikov only played 13 minutes. Now they were leading the entire game. Um, but this is not the role that I expected to see coming into it uh, with the departure of Jamie Drysdale. Um, it was Fowler, Vakanainen, Gudis, Lubushkin in that order for time on ice. So uh, not necessarily the most fun for like fantasy purposes. However, we're not here to talk about Anaheim on the Carolina end of things. Uh, yes, you mentioned Marty Machas day to day. So like I, I, I'm expecting him to at least have a chance to play. Meaning, yeah, we could get him ruled out in morning skate, but if they don't have a morning skate, it does kind of feel like it's one of those things where we're going to be at 6.30, kind of waiting for that news. I'm not sure if that really changes much because, like, Ahu and Svechnikov, like, just don't really seem to have moved price-wise in quite some time. Uh, still sub-6K for Andrei Svechnikov, and the points have been there. You could argue the shot volume isn't quite as high as you would like to see, um, but you know, ultimately he's still playing in the premier spot in a pretty good matchup. Um, and then Brent Burns is sub 5k, which, you know, like it's really, really gross, especially, um, if they're playing Tony D'Angelo, but you know, it, it's unlikely that D'Angelo impacts anything. It's just when he plays, it's possible. He takes over the top power play if they're struggling, which I don't love the idea of on a 13 game slate. So, um, I think it's just those three guys that we're strongly considering here, but are you interested in a guy like Seth Jarvis or are you just not interested in like these top three main players for Carolina? I mean, last game they did Teravine and Ajo Shreshnikov. That kills Jarvis for me. Um, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, fast should be back. Like I'm, I'm expecting what we saw last time in their two to one loss against St. Louis to change. And after practice, which uh, they just did not practice. Brittany Moore said it's an upper body injury. It isn't too serious, but it may keep him out of the lineup tomorrow. So I really don't know if Jarvis, Sveshnikov, Aho, maybe um, if not, and it's the same power play, which again, I kind of expect. And like you said, maybe with that one iteration of, D'Angelo mixing in, uh, then maybe I'll give it a second look at that first unit with Ajo, Sveshnikov, and Jarvis. It's just not that expensive, all considered. I, I, it's not my favorite spot in the slate, though. I like some other spots more. If Nechas misses, it's been a low-key interesting development that Carolina just hasn't had a fourth line that they're trusting at the moment. Um, like last game, this Panamarev, you know, I, I honestly have not watched a Carolina game since he's been in the lineup, so I don't even know like the sort of player he is. But uh, he's centering Nason and Brendan Lemieux, and they just got no minutes. And like, you know, that kind of seems valid if Nechas misses here again. That like a guy, you know, basically any of these dudes could actually touch, you know, eighteen minutes um, at least. Jarvis played twenty-one minutes last game. He kills penalties and is a, uh, you know, power play one guy. So. These prices are all fair. 
Um, I'm a little bit worried about ownership, of course, but uh, if I had to one-off a guy, I would be considering Seth Jarvis because based on his rates, he's not looking that different from Andrei Svechnikov. He has a similar role. Now, he doesn't get Spash and Ajo, but like, you know... um, it's not like we. It's not like we think Martinuk or Stahl are going to steal offense from him. So, like, I think he can make plays. I think he's fine. Um, but I'm unlikely to click in Brent Burns at what I suspect will be pretty high ownership uh, personally. So uh, let's go over to Ottawa and Buffalo. DJ, any final thoughts on Anaheim or Carolina? No, I'm good. Uh, Ottawa, Buffalo. It is. Uh, I, you know, this game. It's interesting. Uh, there's definitely reasons that you're going to want to click over on, on the DraftKings, you know, uh, slate. We're expecting, unless there's a, an absolute miracle that Jeff Skinner is not going to play. He's out indefinitely and he's being evaluated. I don't think there's any chance he plays, although he's not been confirmed out yet. Um, Ottawa just came off of a game, which they were up, they were leading. They go into the third period and they just absolutely crab their pants. They lose six to three. Now they stroll into Buffalo. Buffalo gave up five on an expected two. Classic Sabres output. Uh, they played fine defensively, and Devin Levi grabbed his pants. So this game, I believe, is one of the higher totals. I was actually just pulling that up as we were shifting over. Um, it is a seven, which is not the highest total, but, yeah, it is second on the slate. There is some value to be had. There is some very, uh, like I kind of mentioned, there's a decent condensation of minutes. Um, I got to assume lines could change again in Ottawa, like nothing's working. So keep an eye on all that. But both sides seem interesting here in a seven total. So do you have a preference? I know as we've talked up right off the, right off the start, like Buffalo does kind of stand out in the matchup perspective. So why don't we start with the Sabres at home? in a spot where Victor Olof spends 2,600 potentially on line one, at least that's projected as of now. Yeah. Um, oh, that's really stupid. I don't understand why it's doing the things that I don't want it to do. Okay. So I, I could tell you why, but afterwards I'll explain. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Uh, so what I'm trying to pull up here is basically when we look at the slate, um, Buffalo, again, I, I read out they had a pretty good matchup. Um, you know, uh, pretty, they've been pretty good offensively. Ottawa's obviously been terrible defensively. Um, and the scoring and goaltending has also cooperated and resulted in pretty good uh, affairs both ways. And on the Ottawa front, the expected goals net out to about even. Um, but when you combine the two, you know, look at expected goals pace, for instance, you get easily the highest expected goal pace game of the night. And also when you do uh, just shot attempts, you know, raw Corsi, Uh, this game does stand out above the rest as well from that perspective. So even if you're not considering stacks in this game, I do think it's viable to consider one-offs in this game. Um, That is certainly a viable option to, you know, pick off a Dalene or, you know, uh, a uh, let's consider Victor Olofsson one-off night. Um, You know, that that's the big news here with Skinner going down it does seem like we're getting a good role here from Victor Olofsson. He is priced all the way down at 2,600. Um, so like, I don't know, like this is the classic spot of just a good offensive player getting put in an offensively oriented role. It's obviously unlikely that he's on the ice to close out a game. If it's three to one Buffalo, you know, like 
he's just not going to be, you know, shooting free empty net or whatever. Um, but he's going to get at least power play two time, if not power play one time. I'm not sure if we have that confirmed. And he's going to get two good line mates to play with. So I'm all in on Victor Olofsson. I love playing him when he gets these opportunities to fill in for injuries. Um, because if he assumes this role for two weeks, he will be a four four or $5,000 player. Like That's just how Victor Olofsson operates. Um, it, so it's really cut and dry for me. I don't have much interest in, say, like Buffalo 2, um, the Cousins, Paterka, Quinn. I shouldn't say I don't have interest, but their minutes have bounced around enough to where I'm not interested in chasing it on this large of a slate. Um, like playing 11 minutes uh, a couple games ago, like I, I, I don't know. I just can't commit to it. I thought they were more protected minutes-wise than they have been. Um, so, yeah, but that's about where I'm at on this spot. So, DJ, thoughts on uh, Olofsson, anything to add there, or any thoughts on Ottawa? Yeah, I. I mean, I made a little bit of a joke in the in the Discord, which I got roasted for about the ownership on Rem Pitlick and you know blah blah blah. I was just kind of messing around. I mean, it's a good point. I get it. I want to see power play one before I make any strong takes here, but um, I really just think it's going to be Jack Quinn. I don't understand how or why it wouldn't be. Um, and if it is Jack Quinn, I I think I'm going to consider him as a one off. And I know it's like 1300 more, but I think I'll find that myself and just kind of potentially go back to the Buffalo two well here when everyone's going the other way. Um, It's been really good as a line as of right now, it's all power play correlated, but if it is broken up, as I suspect, you know, I might just go with like a Quinn Dolly type of thing. But on the other side of things, Ottawa, we don't know what the lines will be yet. It was Norris, the Chuck and Joseph. They got throttled as a line. They, They got actually crushed by Calgary um Stutzel, Giroux, Batherson was I mean they didn't score so that top six didn't have any of the three goals for Ottawa at five on five they did score on the power play which is really why you're stacking on that top power play was Giroux over what we normally would have seen um so it was not Stutzel but I don't know what happened there and why that happened but they scored and they seemingly ran that as a unit uh with again uh, Giroux in the place of Stutzel very strange it's a mess there. I like the prices are coming down to a point where you just have to consider it. I, I'm not sure what I'm doing here. Like I don't have any strong. I got, I have nothing that indicates to me, like this is the line to go with. These are the players that it's, it's not a great matchup either. Like I, I'm a Sabres homer call me whatever you want. Like if the goaltending is fine in Buffalo, it's really not that bad. Like they're probably a better team than Ottawa. So I think I'm fading it. Um, but man, I, I want to buy in on Ottawa at some point as the prices continue to dip. Yeah. Um, I, the, the reason I, I'm not in on the, or, you know, the reason I'm not all in on Norris Kachuk, uh, Joseph is that Joseph is 4,200, but Joseph is the sort of play driver who uh, actually has historically play, played well with Norris and Kachuk. You know, you look back, I think it's two years ago now. Um, so, you know, we're, we're kind of getting into dicey territory, but when Joseph came over from Tampa, was that last year? I don't know. In any case, Norris, uh, Kachuk, Joseph was like a stellar line. Then obviously the start of the year, uh, Norris got hurt. Um, but last game they dominated Calgary, you know, it wasn't just, they were great. You know, they were very fun as well. Like, you know, up tempo, 
getting the majority of the chances. So I always like to see that for the line. Uh, when you're noticing that, you know, Norris is priced 5,200 against Buffalo that can't buy a save. I mean, Josh Norris is a guy who picks corners, you know, like it's his job. Um, I think this is a fun sort of sack. I would include Matthew Joseph if I'm playing Kachuk and Norris, uh, however. Um, you know, and it's not because Joseph is a great play, but because I think the reason that you want them is because it's not just through the power play. They also get some five on five help. Um, just it's a 13 game slate. I feel like the correlation matters more than the pure value um, of, you know, like Joseph is overpriced for what he is. Okay. Next, you know, next point. Um, I think that's what I'll do. I don't think I'll wind up on Shabbat, Chikrin or Sanderson. Just the minutes haven't really condensed one way or the other to this point, And I don't, really like uh thomas shabbat personally so um yeah i'm considering auto one everything else i'm just kind of avoiding you know you, i'm not even gonna i give light to this tim suits situation but it is quite funny uh what is going on in ottawa um la florida on the florida side of things we still have uh barkov reinhardt um, but Matthew Kachuk stole the show in his, uh, he's a home, is he a hometown St. Louis guy or was it just Kachuk, you know, like played in St. Louis. And so he grew up there for somewhat. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, they said this is what he, in his hometown, they, they were saying that okay. after he scored the hat trick and stuff. So like, okay. So uh, why not? Uh, we, we missed the narrative. That's our bad, but, uh, turns out, uh, right on them. I mean, I, I bet on them. I just didn't play them. Well, fair enough. Um, I got I, my I, made, I made a couple of schmeckles, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got my Barkov uh, minus 200 on the point. You know, whatever. Easy game. Uh, pays the same as betting the over on Kachuk. You know, or I guess, you know, I guess Kachuk was better odds, but you know what I mean. Uh, so 53 drafting points for Matthew Kachuk is really hard to overcome. He was obviously a slate winner. Um, he's had a very strong stretch of games coming into this one. In a matchup against LA, I'm not overly interested. However, you will note that uh, LA's numbers defensively don't look quite as good as you might expect. Um, you know, they've lost some games coming in. Uh, it actually blew a game against Tampa, too, in rather uh, dreadful fashion. Like, they had that game on lockdown and gave up two quick goals in the third, lost it in overtime uh, for their sixth consecutive loss. Um so if I'm going one way in this game, it would be through Florida. I think, I mean, I think I'm again going Reinhardt Barkov. Um, but, you know, uh, Chuck is making a play at it. That's that's for damn sure. Nine shots last game. That's the sort of player that we saw, you know, last year in previous seasons. It's just a matter of can he keep this up consistently to make a 7K price tag in a difficult matchup worth it. So uh, how do you feel about this Florida side? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, sometimes I, you know, we talk about point chasing and whatnot, but you're only really point chasing and like it's, it's probably bad if you're chasing into a lot of ownership as well. And I, I really don't think it's going to come all in droves here. Uh, there's just a lot of good spots on the slate we haven't covered yet. Name, I mean, the next game is the highest total on the slate. This game isn't really coming in at a, at a massive total. And I do agree though, LA has not been right. Uh, I watched some of that game. I was kind of watching for a while as Fiala, Dano, and Moore were back together. And just that was it. 
I mean, other than that, it didn't seem like they could use any offense. Um, so, you know, I could look again to that line if anything, because it is cheap, but not that cheap. It's really Trevor Moore 6K. Uh, so I, I do think if you're playing Florida, number one, as I said before, and I'll say again, you don't have to just stick to a traditional line script with them. Their power play is very lethal. And if they do end up getting down in games, they will just put out, you know, Barkov, Reinhardt, the Chuck and Verhage as much as possible. But, you know, the Chuck Verhage, they're great plays. Um, are you throwing in Brandon Montour with it? Well, in that five goal effort, he had a resounding 1.5 fantasy points. So, um, I don't know. He's broken. And I'm broken. Everyone's broken. Are you considering anyone else as a defensive person to play, player to play in uh, in a Florida stack at this point? Or is it just these guys are just none of them are doing it? Um, Yeah, the only guy I'm remotely considering is Ekman Larson as his price continues to fall, 3,200. Um, it just it's it's a fine price. You know, he's not playing a ton of minutes, um, but you know, Forsling is fine at 3,800, but it's just, I think the $600 matters. And so like, um, you know, and honestly the, the $600 from Ekman Larson down to just a pure punt, that also matters, which makes Ekman Larson interest rather slight. But if I'm already betting on Florida, I have no interest or I have no problem with taking a stab at, you know, an Ekman Larson or something because uh, he hasn't moving the puck well, you know, he's, he's picking up points uh, on pace for a 40 point season, which, you know, for a guy who's no longer on the top power play, not that bad, you know, meanwhile, Brandon Montour is on pace for like a 20 point season. <laughs> now, you know, he missed some time due to injury, but um, it is what it is. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not playing Montour. Just, I need to see it for a few games before we get that horse uh, back going. Uh, I did want to quickly touch on the fact that L.A., uh, you know, speaking of broken people, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, was not fixed. I declared him fixed when uh, I think it was a week ago, and I clearly jinxed it. Uh, He got demoted to the fourth line uh, late last game. So we'll see if, uh, you know, if that role sticks. Um, Interestingly, he was on the ice in overtime, so maybe this is just like they're kind of pot committed to him. Uh, He was on the ice for the OT goal in in overtime so like you know they're they're obviously financially invested in him so like i don't think they're giving up on him um but just keep an eye on where he lines up because if he's on the fourth line that would create some value in the top nine and i imagine that would benefit somebody like you know byfield or uh whoever like to actually step in and play more minutes in overtime for instance uh if it got to that point so not a ton of stacking interest in la However, so uh, let's go to Edmonton taking on Detroit. Edmonton, nothing new here to cover. Uh, we know McDavid, Hyman, Nugent Hopkins are going to be ungodly expensive. They're probably going to be very good. It's just a matter of can you make the stack work with some cheap shit. And we know that uh, Dreisaitl, uh Warren Fogle, I was looking for him above 4,000. He's 3,800 after being 4K lastly and being like, I don't know, 20% owned. Uh, he went down 200. So thanks for that, DraftKings. Uh, and Ryan McLeod, 2,900 are a much more affordable uh, alternative. Now, you know, they are producing similar rates at five on five as the top line. They're very good, but they don't get that sweet, sweet power play correlation, which uh, does impact things uh, pretty dramatically in my view. So if you told me ownership's the exact same, 
I'm finding a way to make the money work on Edmonton one. And the last few slates ownership has been the same for Edmonton one and Edmonton two. Um, so I'm on team Edmonton one here. It's pretty obvious. I'll go right back to the Hyman pain. Well, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but uh, where are you at on this game here? Yeah, no, I, I'm in on Edmonton one. I'm, I played the dry side of a cloud Fogel thing. It almost paid off. Uh, I think if you had enough of the right stuff around it, it could have. Um, I did not. As I said, I played Vancouver one. And if this, I mean, again, like it feels like this would be an entirely different conversation. And if we're talking about a Hyman hat trick, um, I know it's an alternate reality that, you know, the first one gets denied. The second one gets denied. He missed what, like two wide open empty nets or whatever. Uh, but yep. I'm definitely thinking the sense, a couple of those goals that played didn't count at all. It's not like, you know, he gets, I only think he gets, a, they don't get a shot on goal for that. Right. I mean, the play is just nothing. It's offsides. Uh, it's goalie interference. So there is no one uh, really at this point in time on Edmonton that is producing as much as McDavid and Hyman. Like they are the guys that are getting all the expected goals. Uh, Hyman is shooting enough with how much he's getting on net to make him very valuable. Like I do think both of these guys together, like you're talking about a four point type of night every single night. And I just don't think the come at the clip that I, that it should like this matchup's not Chicago, but it's, really good still so i'm gonna go to edmonton one where i think the slate could be broken um and i could throw nuja hopkins in i could throw bouchard in i, I live right now leaning with nuja hopkins myself just doing the full line moving on yeah um agreed okay so on the detroit end of things nothing new here patrick kane is the same almost he's 100 less than Alex to break it now. So there's really no inefficiency. Uh, you know, I was pointing out that Patrick Kane has looked very similar to to it. And guess what? Now they're priced very similarly, um, very similar production and just too expensive. Uh, Edmonton is a wagon. You know, they, they obviously played a close game to uh, Chicago, but they still held Chicago to like 20 shots. Um, hey, don't, don't look up how many shots Edmonton had though. That, that, that's, that's not important for this measure. Um, uh, but Edmonton is very good defensively. So I'm just not playing any Detroit pieces. Keep an eye on the status of Jake Wallman. If he's out, maybe someone like Goss's fair plays more minutes. Um, but you know, you're not missing out on a ton if, uh, like Goss's fair kind of needs points to get there from a DFS standpoint. So, um, honestly, Wallman missing would improve the Edmonton matchup even more. So there you go. There, there's something to watch for tangibly. Yeah. Uh, San Jose, Montreal. Um, yeah, we're still on Logan. Oh. We're still on Logan chair watch here. Um, so that's really the main thing I'll be looking out for, uh, taking on a Montreal team that's on a back to back year. Um, anything stand out to you in this game? I mean, San Jose just got killed by Toronto. So, like, it's really hard for me to look at this and say, oh, well, bounce back spot, unless some, like, Couture enters the lineup. Yeah. Uh, I No, I mean, it, I, I would be – I'm fine with playing Montreal because it feels really cheap, all considered. Uh, you know, one, one thing about this slate is if you go to defense, there are not – like, there's no defenseman priced above Quinn Hughes at 7,300. And I do think a lot of people are going to take this opportunity to punt defense. Um, and if you are stacking Montreal, I could be very easily convinced to go with Mike Matheson in that stack. Uh, just again, I think it's a kind of a bit of a leverage play, even though this is not a leverage spot in theory. Like you're playing Caulfield, Slavkovsky, and Suzuki. Um, 
like I could see a scenario very easily where if, you know, Caulfield's who you needed, for example, Matheson could be incredibly involved in that sequence. Um, you know, it's 6,200. And again, I think it's just getting like unique with something that is probably going to be chalky, just price considered. Like 6,100 Cole Caulfield is going shooting a ton right now. He had been scoring almost every game for you know, a little while. He's been hot again, and then it kind of cooled off um, playing, you know, the Rangers and having six shots on goal, didn't score, whatever, right? But I love it other than the back-to-back nature of it. Um, it's a little bit tough to stomach, but I don't care. Like, I, I, I'm i in on it. Like, Caulfield, Suzuki, Matheson, you know, you probably want to throw Slavkovsky in the mix, but I don't think you absolutely have to. It's just, you know, probably you're going to need a savings in there to afford another stack, and he just helps you out. So that four man's totally justifiable on this slate. Okay. Um, I just checked San Jose. They've ruled out Logan Couture. They're hopeful he plays on Saturday. Uh, otherwise, um, Ty Emerson is at week to week. He was eating up a ton of minutes for this team. Um, I, I, I don't. I can't say in good conscience that Keelan Addison is a better play as a result of that news. But um, we would hope he keeps the power play one. You know, Henry Thrun got a goal with that group. So maybe you take a shot on him at 2,800 instead. He played 20 minutes. He got the blocks bonus. He also had a goal with the power play one. Um, or you could play. Well, he didn't uh, even play the point. I mean, I mean, did you watch that or no? He, so no. I was watching. They basically, like, like you kind of see it on hockey this. Like, Zutterland Edison came off. Thrun and Ferraro both came on. And Thrun went to, like, beat, well, like the okay. um, like the, the slot. He wasn't really net run, but he, he tipped it in. Like it was weird. Like he didn't. He did not go to the point unless it's for, for some reason he shifted in there for some reason. But it, it was a tip. Okay. It was very weird. That's a he didn't start useful context. Play, but I don't know why it literally does... came off. It came off quick and he tipped it in. Yeah, if you're saying it was a line change, then I actually feel more confident that Kalen Addison is like going to be power play one still. So you know, we'll see. Um, but in any case, the other thing, you know, the only other thing I was going to say is that. Uh, with the Emerson injury, Mark Edward Vlasic draws in and uh, he doesn't play many minutes when he does play. So, you know, if if you really want to give Addison, you know, like I think you can project him to play 18, 19 minutes with power play time um, just because Vlasic's, you know, like those Emerson minutes will get spread around. Addison's already getting 18 minutes. So, like, it's not crazy to anticipate that. All right. Uh, Toronto Islanders. Um, no news is good news, I guess here. Like there's really, uh, well, I guess Matthew Nyes, uh, got hurt in practice, but they already said that he's fine. So like, I'm expecting him to play Thursday. We'll see how, uh, he heals overnight, but there's no, there's no news. I mean, everyone's really expensive in this game and I am not interested in chasing Mitch Marner points. I honestly feel like that. Marner explosion makes Matthews more owned in this spot. Um, so yeah, I'm generally out on this game, I believe. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Uh, Matthew Dyes was ruled out, I was almost positive. No, he has n- he said he wasn't. They I thought they said he would not play tomorrow after practice. Like the coach said, like they're gonna evaluate, but he won't play tomorrow. Um, okay, you can look at that for a second, or I can look at it. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem going back to the well here in Toronto. I mean, they 
didn't exactly like like you, we started off by talking it was it's very disheartening to have uh you know invested all of the cap into austin matthews and only getting only getting 13 points on a mitchell marner explosion is incredibly frustrating um mitchell marner went for uh 36 and matthews went for 13 which is just not what anyone expected especially how popular Matthews was. And, and you could afford Matthews and McDavid to make it work with the punts on the slate. And people did that. I believe you were included. Um, I could see a scenario where you could go right back to the well, play the Martyrs Matthews, play, you know, I, I honestly think like you could just one-off Nylander as well. Um, look at Tavares if you'd like, but man, Nylander is just so, so, so involved. Uh, Morgan Riley, I'd say he broke the slate, but again, just because Matthews was so disappointing at his price he didn't entirely but he had 26.8 and he was absolutely firing i mean he had a good number of attempts six on net goal and assist he's 6400 but like i said there's not a lot to spend up for on this defensive slate like there's a lot of guys in that range and he's very much a part of it and for good reason um so yeah this toronto side i'm in on uh i could go a number of different ways it's going to be anywhere nearly as popular the islanders not been great defensively. They've not been great in goal. And I'm willing to take advantage of them here if possible. Uh, so I'll pass it back to you. Yeah. I mean, it, the Islanders got murdered by a back-to-back Vancouver team in one of the worst schedule spots of the season. You know, five games in eight days, road trip, uh, three and four, back-to-back, you name it. Uh, the Canucks were facing it. The Islanders get back Adam Pellick and absolutely lay an egg defensively still. Um, so all of this to say, like, take it with a huge grain of salt because it just might not matter. Um, but this Islanders team with Adam Pellick in it is, I just respect a whole lot more defensively than I do without Adam Pellick. Uh, that also sort of takes away some of the value defensively from a guy like Noah Dobson, who you can, you know, before this, you could almost pencil him in, in any situation. Um, I just see the, the Pellick pairing getting more ice time than, you know, uh, than the Romanov. Dobson pairing in defensive shutdown minutes. So yeah, I'm a little bit uh, leery to target a ton of or ton of Toronto based on that. And Toronto's done nothing defensively that really has me all that worried about like, oh, well, can I get buried by the Islanders? Like, I don't think so. I just, I don't think uh, the Islanders are doing anything at their prices that make me regret fading them. So uh Pricing considered, I'm out on this game. Um, but, yeah, of course, Austin Matthews is a one-off. It's always in play. Um, so let's have two. Yeah, you were right. Matthews is not ruled out. I, I, I think I I think I literally looked at the tweet, and I, I just assumed it said he was ruled out. And it just says he was not ruled yeah. out with a big old N-O-T that I can't well, read. You were right. I was wrong. Oh, hum, we move on to Vancouver and Pittsburgh. Hang the banner. So on the Vancouver side, they continue to roll. Yeah. Uh, JT Miller, Patterson, Besser, I mean, their pricing didn't move. Uh, they didn't have the explosion that they had against the Rangers, but, you know, all the same, just a dominant performance uh, by them and by the team. Um, the matchup profiles, fine, I, I, I guess. Uh, Pittsburgh has been trending a bit more positively defensively uh, as of late, but um, I, yeah, this is still a really tough road trip for Vancouver. Uh, you know, I would love to say they can't keep doing this, but you know, clearly they keep doing it and it's been all season. So like, uh, you know, do the thing and 
yeah, Vancouver side, it's pay up or really don't play anyone at all. Like, just don't come to the table if Andre Kuzmenko and wonder why he got one and a half fantasy points. It's just never happening. Uh, but anything here uh, of interest to you? Uh, I mean, I do like games that are six and a half totals that are supposed to be competitive. Uh, it's a minus 125 for Pittsburgh. It just kind of, again, this game has what I would assume would be a lot of volume potential. Um, so part of me thinks, huh, you know, am I, am I maybe just going to end up on Demko? Maybe. Maybe I end up just playing Demko. Could I also see myself saying, a lot of people are probably going to end up on Demko. He's cheap. It's a good matchup. Pittsburgh throws a lot of low-calorie shots. Maybe I could go to Pittsburgh one. Like Vancouver on a long road trip, I don't think this matchup is incredibly bad for Pittsburgh. Like part of me walks through that process and thinks Pittsburgh's going to come in super low comparatively to what we're expecting. And they've been really good. Like Raquel, Gensel, and Crosby are really good. Um, Raquel isn't as cheap as he was. We we knew that well was going to break. He's up to 5K. Again, are people going to play him? I don't think so. Like I'm considering Pittsburgh as a leverage play. And I don't think it's a bad play. Like there's a difference between leverage that's good and bad. I talked about this before. I think this actually could be good leverage. So I, I am putting Pittsburgh in my consideration set for sure, for sure uh, on this slate. And I'm not opposed to Vancouver one, but it's Vancouver one or nothing, like you said. Yeah. Um, the uh, Well, congratulations to the DraftKings team for pricing Ricard Raquel at $5,000. I uh, can't believe it took this long to get here, but here we are. Um, he's still been productive to make that even that price tag look pretty attractive. Um, it's not quite as must play, particularly on such a large slate. Like one offs are just like you know, it, obviously there's a lot more options, um, but you know it at least makes you pause now that he's 5K. Uh, Drew O'Connor up on the second line instead of Riley Smith. He wound up assisting a Mulkin goal, or maybe it was the Carlson goal or Rubito. I don't know, um, but. They were up there. He was productive and kind of kills the Riley Smith value. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I just, I, I guess with the backdrop of the fact that Edmonton plus punts seem a lot more fun. Uh, I just don't know that I'll get to Pittsburgh one, which means that G Gensel is going to have to chuck yeah. me, I'm sure, and put up 53. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does feel, uh, again, it's not, like it's the greatest play in the world or anything, but Pittsburgh got a few days rest versus Vancouver on a long road trip um, with low ownership on a side that isn't terrible. It, again, like it's, it's, it's not perfect, but it, I do think that there's like, like if you just said like, what's the projection to the ownership, I think Pittsburgh is going to come in as sort of like, you know, a good spot in that, in that uh, capacity, but we yeah. can just keep this moving. There's, again, it's probably um, one or the other, maybe Malkin if you're a sociopath. Here's something weird. Uh, the last 10 games, uh, Eric Carlson has gotten 25% of his shots on goal, um, which, you know, screams out for positive regression in the future. Um, he's had six and a half shot attempts and gotten a quarter of them on goal. You know, you would expect Eric Carlson to get about half his shots on that, uh, given his talent level, maybe even a bit closer to a forward 60%. So there's some regression baked in on his game logs alone. Um I'm looking to see if there's any comparable demon over this past stretch that like, you know, but maybe if you want to bet on Pittsburgh, but don't want to go all the way in, you just say 5k or Carlson, like just book it. Um, I don't know. It, it just seems a bit weird that he's priced this low 
Um, but then you check the game logs and it's like, well, what's happened to his rates? And honestly, it's his rates seem fine. It's just that none of those pucks are getting on goal. So, um, yeah, just, just a little something there to consider. New Jersey, Tampa. Sure. Uh, New, New Jersey likely well will be without Jack Hughes. It looks like Dawson Mercer will actually be the Jack Hughes replacement this time. Um, I, I don't know what happened that last game. He only got 16 minutes of ice time. Um, I was expecting a lot larger of a role from him, but it just did not come to fruition. Uh, but he was practicing with the top power play in practice. So, um, you know, hopefully he gets a better role, I guess. I don't really know what else to say, though. Um, this doesn't seem like a spot where, like, New Jersey will be all that popular. So, uh any interest in the Jack Hughesless Devils? Not, not especially. I mean, it is this. This is one again. You know, I just kind of been talking about the totals a bit. This is actually a higher total than Vancouver Pittsburgh, uh, higher total than Toronto and the Islanders. Uh, you know, it's like we got this at six and a half minus one twenty. I, I just don't really see it that way myself. Um, Tampa. Probably goes, uh, you know, unless if they change something, like of Stamco's point and Kucherov all stick together, that probably won't be very popular either with how popular Edmonton should be and, and, and likely will be. We haven't even talked about uh, the team playing against Chicago yet. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to fit in Tampa with, with too much. Um, I lean that way myself. Dawson Mercer on the top power play. It's of note. It's interesting. He's 4,200. Not really feeling like he's a one-off piece, and you know that's just not the way I think you play him. Uh, but but who do you play him with? Like the, the pricing on guys like the Foley and Brat, they're somewhat interesting, but I don't really love this matchup, especially as Tampa gets healthier. So I think I'm going to stay away from this game. I kind of think that total is a little bit one that I might look back at tomorrow and say oh, I should just took an under now because I think it, I think it should drop. Yeah. Um... So, so the, the reason that I'm taking another shot at Dawson Mercer, despite expecting him to play 22 minutes last game and him getting like 16, is that one, the prior four games, he touched 19 to 20. Uh, but that their bottom six in practice today was Bowers, Lazar, Bastion, and Tierney centering Willman and Holtz. And like neither of those lines should get many minutes at all. Like, I, I don't really know how else to say it. So, uh, he sure and Mercer feel like the top two centers, and then McLeod, I guess, is in the mix somewhere. I don't even know. Uh, you know, maybe there's like maintenance in there or something, or someone shifted to wing, but it just seems like whoever's in the top six is going to get piled on as, as far as minutes go. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, that's why I'm you know keeping an eye on Mercer and his line mates because this entire team feels a bit too cheap I mean, for filling the void of Jack Hughes. Now, maybe you just can't, and he's irreplaceable, but um, it's at least interesting to me. I mean, if it's a Brat show, and I just don't think he can do it on... If it's Brat and Heashier, I don't know. Heashier seems cheap, too. It team just doesn't really... I don't know. Without Jack Hughes, it's just not that exciting, but I, I think I could... I, I might revisit this again, um, take another look. It, it is... I can't land at anything right now. And I, cause I really don't even know what this team is going to look like exactly as we're saying. So yeah, why don't we just skip it? Any interest in Tampa one? Um, the answer is not no, but I 
don't think that they're going to use Tampa one against the depth of New Jersey. Like I think they're just going to go strength on strength and I'm not that eager to uh, pick on, you know, the McLeod, he sure Mercer type guys. Like they're just, they're, they're really like, I just still think they're really good players and the devils aren't a bad team without Hughes. They're certainly not a great team, but like, I, I just don't really see a need to pay these prices for Tampa one. They're all correlated. They're all together, which means there's no value to be found. You know, it's just, they need to score, you know, four goals and maybe Kucherov does it. Maybe he doesn't. I feel better about spending that salary elsewhere personally. So, uh, Victor Hedman, you know what? I'm going to put, I'm gonna put, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm going to put 25 on the under, right? On 25 on the under right now, plus money, under six and a half. You know what? Bold takes confirm $25 bets in, baby. Perfect. Uh, Victor Hedman continues to Back play to- 27, 28, 29 minutes. Um, you know, so that's a fine one-off play. He's now below 6K. So a nice little round number for you. Um, I like playing dudes who have really good profiles the second they dip under that 6K mark. It's just it's just a little bit of catnip for me. Uh, Seattle, Washington. Uh, no real need to restate the Seattle stuff. Um, they're, they're still rolling. You know, they rolled in the Buffalo, picked up a 5-2 win. Uh, Yanni Gord continues to produce. Uh, Gord, Tolvanen, Bjorkstrand is how I would stack these guys. And like I said off the top, like this is a really good matchup for them. Uh, Washington is leaky defensively. Uh, they seem very banged up. Both Ovi and Wilson are like, you know, they're, they're true game time decisions. Um, so even if they do play, they'll be somewhat sapped. You know, TJ Oshie's out and they don't really have much to begin with. Uh, Rasmus Sandin is also day to day. So like, you know, just, just, just a lot to like, I think for Seattle and not a lot of salary to play DJ thoughts here. I mean, I think I'm going to end up off this game entirely, but I do agree. If I was touching anything here, it's uh, it's that Seattle line, which I consider to be the most prolific at five on five and all of them. I think right. Well, actually I didn't double check that, but at least Bjorkstrand and Tolvin and are, integral on power plays as well so uh it's easy for me but it's i believe right up there with the lowest total on the slate which it's not exactly it's a it's a little bit um no it's the lowest total technically but it's basically tied with like chicago winnipeg but that's kind of a eh, you know a different scenario (laughs) yeah uh welcome back to Jaden schwartz um he took the power play spot of yanni gord or Tykarte or tatar or whoever you want to say was on the power play before uh but schwartz played with wenberg Anev, and then tatar veneers heavily remained intact with the fourth line being burakovsky cartier mccann so four good lines here um you're definitely playing roulette if you're stacking any of them all right rangers st louis can't believe there's still three more games to go after this um gotta say uh, St. Louis, not the best performance against Florida. Can't say I blame them. This Florida team is yeah. a wagon. Um, uh, the Rangers have not looked great at five on five, and their power play has been, you know, it's been good. Um, but like, is Panarin going to score 10 goals on <laughs> every team, 10 game stretch? I don't know. Um, just doesn't seem like a team I'm overly willing to pick on in St. Louis here. So I'm out on the Rangers, I believe. Yeah, uh, the only change to St. Louis was a stupid one. Uh, they they moved up uh, Pergeko to their top power play in practice. So that's 
that's cool. Uh, they take Krug off for Prieko, and that's probably stupid, but I guess that all that to say, like, Court Prieko was a bad play, and now he's just slightly worse. Um, I have no interest in playing the Blues. I really don't have much interest in playing the Rangers either. Uh, just It's all through Panarin. It's priced pretty efficiently, if, if not getting to the point of uh, – He's almost 9K now, Panarin. You know, I get it. He's well-deserving of that price, but I think I'm just going to skip it. Um, I don't think it's going to be popular, so maybe you come back to it, but I just prefer Nylander, and I prefer playing, um, you know, the Hyman-McDavid thing, and you're just not getting Panarin in that scenario. So, yeah, that that probably does it for me on this game. Yeah, a short-time friend of the show, Brennan Othman, sent down to the AHL, so really no... Uh, no real changes in how to think of these lines, you know, so just, uh, yeah, if, uh, yeah, Truba was out for personal reasons, so he'll, he seems like he'll play. All right, um, and you covered the St. Louis stuff that I care about, which is to say I don't really care about any of it, so um, let's move on to Chicago <laughs> and Winnipeg. Uh, any interest in Jason Dickinson, DJ? NHL All-Star Jason Dickinson, the best player in the league, well worthy of his 4,300 price tag. Um, yeah, I, I am a, a miserable, a miserable person. I, don't get me started. I, there was every single Chicago player on the board. I was considering betting every single under, and then finally I was like, you know what? This Dickinson one is just, it's free. Like this is so stupid. Like he has way more points than he even should, and uh, he scored in like the first minute of the game whatever uh yeah chicago's absolutely brutal i have absolutely no interest in them whatsoever i will be betting unders probably as of now and into the future um there's i mean there's just nothing there's just nothing here I, and, and and on top of the fact that i have no interest in like trying to solve whatever they're going to be every single night it, it truly seems like they're just changing things um for yeah you can pull up the picture um of darnell nurse saying have have at it Thank you for the YouTube fans in, 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 uh, in attendance. Like the last slate, I kind of talked about, you know, well, this is their first power play. And this first power play is probably where you want to go, which Dickinson wasn't on. Um, and a lot of guys on that first unit just like didn't get run. Like, uh, it, I mean, like Pitlick, Kurashev, Reichel, Korchinski, and Gutman. Like, Gutman finishes with like 13 minutes. And they had a lot of power play run. Like they gave Kurashev and Pitlick a ton of run and Pitlick is atrocious as a hockey player. So I, I have no faith in this team being anything but an absolute bottom dweller. And the fact that they haven't done it yet, they have been at least competitive and actually beat the flames makes just, I just hope the phone shooter bros are saying, okay, this Chicago team is feisty and I'm not going to play against them because I'm planning on going right back to the Winnipeg one. Well, and that might keep me away from Edmonton, which is probably my favorite play of the night. And if it does, I'm okay with that because there's other plays I like a lot here. And I think Edmonton is going to be chalky. Yeah. So I don't think it would have going to get overlooked. That's not to say that they're not getting owned. They're going to get a good amount of ownership. But this Chicago team is not only bad, they seem directionless. It's, the problem is, is now without Bedard, they have no incentive to try and score. 
And so, like, they're just trying to not lose by as many goals as possible. They're trying to clutch and grab and, you know, defense their way to a close loss. And they did that successfully against the Oilers. So, um, you know, just don't play 3K Rem Pit. Like, he projected really well lastly because of the line one power play one role. He was 19% owned. Now he's up $500, so he might not be as owned here. But just don't play him. You look at the last three seasons, uh, He's the absolute worst player in the league as far as shots on goal, like per 60. He's the worst forward. Um, he's played 124 games in his NHL career. Uh, last night, with the four shot attempts he had, was the third best game of his career. He's had more than four shot attempts twice. It's no good. Don't do it. It's not worth it. The projections don't know shit. Uh, Winnipeg, they're really good. Their projections will be really good. Um and yeah, I don't know. Winnipeg won. Josh Morrissey. It's really affordable. You can do it. Um, just note that there is the risk of, you know, like uh, Chicago is literally just shutting the bus down. It's not like Bedard's here. We got to make him look good. He's going to try and do fun stuff. They're just not doing that. So um, yeah, I'm very much considering Winnipeg. Um, but, you know, your, your best, your, you're basically looking for the efficiency more than you are just, oh, they're going to get 60 shots and everyone's going to get their bonuses. Um, like that's unlikely to happen against this Chicago team. Uh, Nate Schmidt, 2,800, continues to be productive. He's one of the top value punts of the night uh, defensively. All right, Calgary, Arizona. Um, Dylan Gunther season is here. He has arrived. Uh, five shots, uh, a power play assist and absolute laser of a goal. Um, his second goal in as many games. I think he's, I think he's it. Like, I think he's a really good NHL player. So like right now, 3,800, I'm happy to pay, play Dylan Gunther in any matchup, any situation. Um, so that's my main interest here. Uh, DJ, these Calgary guys are pretty inexpensive. You know, Sharon Govich is a name that's come out of your mouth several times uh, this season. Are you sort of looking at Calgary here? Yeah, uh, yeah I, I am, but it's – I just I, – again, I don't think it's it, it's enough of a value to afford what I want to play. Um, so I don't think I'm going to actually end up on it, but I think it's very justifiable. But the reason it's not enough of a value is because I don't know how I could possibly – consider a peak oil uh, oiler jesus a peak flames game that doesn't revolve around rasmus anderson and mackenzie Weger, who are just incredibly expensive so i i find it not to be as cheap as maybe it, it beats the eye um i don't see you know I, like i think they're going to be involved in a big a big win and, and you could say well they, you know they weren't last late uh, at least Rasmus Anderson only finished with three fantasy points in the DraftKings scoring system, and they did score a bunch of goals. So, you know, there are scenarios, but that's just not – that seems like an outlier to me, uh, that both of these defensemen stayed under 10 fantasy points in a game they scored six. That that seems like a rarity where Noah Hannafin is the guy you needed. Uh, but that, that can happen once in a great while. Um, I would go with the Lindholm, Sharangovich, and um, Uyghur was actually on the top power play because they're stupid and they hate me and they hate everyone. So uh, I honestly have to say it's Uyghur and I don't, again, I'm not afraid to play Uyghur. This guy is a blocks bonus machine. So if he hits, mm -hmm. he could absolutely smash. And, and again, that that's where I would go, but I, I really, as of right now, it's not one of my top. Sacks. Yeah. And Uyghur, you know, Uyghur 6,700. It's not like you're getting a discount on Rasmus Anderson, uh, which is, you know, what I immediately no, thought, no, Oh, no, like that's, you know, that's exciting. Um, yeah, no, for sure. It's, 
I wish it was more exciting. I really do. Okay, so uh, we did get. A, yeah, uh, just just one one more thing. We did get new lines for Arizona last game. So just to quickly read those off: uh, Kerfoot centered Michelli Kraus, Keller Schmaltz McBain, and Bukestad Gunther Cooley. So like. If you want to stack Gunther, go ahead. I have no interest in playing Jack McBain. He's basically a PKer um, at this point. And, yeah, there's really not a ton of interest in any other line for me outside of the Gunther uh, guys. All right. Uh, the Cassidy Bowl, that's right. Uh, Vegas on a back-to-back here. We are expecting them to be as normal uh, without William Carlson. This means Stevenson, Stone are correlated on the power play. They'll play with you know, uh, Dorothea at five on five, but back to back against Boston, not interested Boston. Um, yeah. The only news here is that Brandon Carlo is likely to be out. Um, not sure his status though, um, which brings, you know, some punts into play just to fill his minutes. So, um, yeah. Any interest in Boston here? Not entirely. I mean, just, no, I would say no, but obviously Pasternak, it's, it's obvious. Like David Pasternak makes a ton of sense. Uh, he is going to be low-owned on a slate that he is on, and that's always interesting to me. But I don't think I'm going to end up on this game. Um, Vegas on a back-to-back uh, just feels already like a low-scoring affair uh, on paper. Um, the you know the sports books have this down at also a six-over-under uh, with a, a slight lean on that over, but whatever. I think I'm going to end up off of it um, entirely just spending my cap. But again, I think that's going to be a pretty common thread. This game will get overlooked. So you can give it a look, but I'm not interested in this current iteration of Boston. And I, I don't think I'm playing Vegas on a back-to-back against the Bruins. All right. Uh, so we will get Jake or Jeremy Swayman in goal. Uh, Olmark pulled his groin, it looked like. Um, didn't look good, so... Um, you know, actually could be interesting. It's not really DFS relevant, but um, to actually see a run of games from Swayman, we just haven't really had to see that before. Um, but that's really the only thing from last game that all that interests me to look at going forward. Well, let's close out the show with top stacks, guarantee goals, and get on out of here. So, uh, DJ, do you have anything to start on the goals run? Oh, we're doing goals first. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. We do stacks first. Do I don't know why. My brain. Yeah. I think we were two for four last late, and I didn't save it in my phone until I've not looked. I know I've already scored. I'll, I'll take a peek. I, I can't remember. I bet it, but I know I didn't. All four didn't hit. Um, but stacks, uh, I'll go. I mean, I was going to. I'm playing. I'm playing one by one. Um, it says Shifley's day to day. I don't recall seeing anything about that. Yeah, but, he got hit in the head um, with a shot, and he came oh, back. Yeah. So I think he's fine. Yeah, yep, yep, yeah, he's fine. Oh, you're right. That that is exactly what it is. Okay, yeah, Winnipeg one. Okay. Um let's do Kachuk Norris and Matthew Joseph. Um I meant to pull up their line stats from whenever it was two years ago, but um I didn't. So just trust me, I'm a doctor. They were good together, and uh this is Buffalo we're talking about, so I trust it. Yeah, the puck knowing moods himself. Um, I'll go Montreal one. Uh, I'll do Caulfield, Suzuki, and Matheson, but I'm not sure if I'll have money for him or not. But like I said, I do think he's a good pivot. Like 
what, what, like, what percentage is Caulfield going to be, and what percentage is Matheson going to be, Matt? Just ballpark it for him uh, right now. Definitely Matheson no will be very low. I Caulfield maybe seven. Yes. Uh, Matheson like three, I think. Yeah, exactly. So he's you know six shot attempts per game. Um, he's blocking a lot of shots. He's playing the power play one, and they're playing against the San Jose Sharks. And again, he's just not going to get any ownership, which I think is incorrect. But you know, you, you simulate the slate enough times, and he could be a terrible you know play uh, a number of them, and he could win the slate uh, a few. So I think I'm going to try to go that route myself. Okay. I'm playing yeah, um, Winnipeg and Montreal. I am such a freaking fish, dude. I'm like, oh, let's play against Chicago and San Jose. Wow, really sharp takes, DJ. You really broke the slate. Now I don't know, the key is open. The locks are, are off. Yeah, wow. That's good stuff, yeah. DJ. You really figured it all out. All right. You talked I'm everyone into feeling, the good plays. I am feeling some New Jersey action here. I think Jasper Bratt has played well enough to that I'm not that concerned about the loss of Jack Hughes. I don't know who he plays with, unfortunately, but um, – Let's go with Dawson Mercer, Jesper Bratt, and Luke Hughes on defense. It's a rather inexpensive stack. I think Jesper Bratt's one of the best players in the league. He's actually shooting a bunch over the last stretch. You know, it's not just that one game I talked about. They were just letting him shoot. Like, he's been taking his own shots and not without Hughes. There's no one else to defer to, really. So I think he keeps it going. He's sub-7K for the first time in a while. Um, So I'm in. I'm in on uh, Jesper Bratt. Okay, I'm going to stick to what I said and not move on, but yeah, I'm a freaking loser. Um, Do you have any guarantee goals you're you're ready on, or do you want me to pick one and stall? I mean, why don't you pick one? I'll take Jake Gensel. Um, Talked about him a good bit. I, I, you know, the price is probably going to be, you know, I don't think it'll be quite minus money material, but probably, you know, plus 115 or whatever. he, I don't even know his price off the top of my head in DraftKings, but yeah, he's been slightly unlucky with his shooting on the rise, and I, you know, he's seventy seven hundred, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go high low on this one myself, and I'll take Gensel, make it easy. But yeah, right, he's been um, a bit unlucky as well. I am going to take Seth Jarvis five k. Um, this is obviously dependent on Natchez being out, but I think what I talked about with the fourth line, not getting any minutes, even though Jarvis isn't on the top line, he's on the top power play. And I think he's the focal point of the line he's on. I think the matchup's a really good one against Anaheim. And uh, Jarvis is a good player with really good rates over the last stretch. While everyone flocks to Svechnikov, you play Jarvis, save a little money and get a guaranteed goal for your troubles. Um, okay, I'm gonna just take Victor Olofsson. Let's just make it easy on myself. Um, I know I was I was <laughs> saying the chalk is gonna be all over him. He is gonna be the chalk. Uh, I'm gonna double check if Sisima leads any sort of hints um, in our Discord that lead me to the Victor Olofsson wealth, and it's just a stone cold block he's scoring tomorrow. And I don't even think about it. Um, as long as he remains on the top line, though, it truly is at his like price and, and everything. It's probably gonna be good that. Tomorrow. So I'll give the good sound advice and not the GPP bro brain garbage that I'm thinking about. Just like playing Montreal and Winnipeg against Chicago and San Jose. Just absolute genius stuff. I should really get a podcast. All right. Uh, I'm going to go Elias Lindholm for my other guaranteed goal. Um, just I like the line. Uh, you know, I like the spot. It's it's fine. I just want to be like uh, MN Matt, who almost won the qualifier seat with a Kachuk. Um, and Calgary stack last night. So, you know, just following in his footsteps, it's got to work, right? Um, so I, I like 
the spot and you run it back of course with dylan gunther the other way all right that'll do it for us um we are going to get out of here dj any final thoughts before we head into our thursdays uh uh i won't be around much tomorrow because i have a work thing so just uh bear with me i'll get out some stuff and i will probably not have a ton down in dfs i'll try to be checking at the work event but um yeah, follow me, DJ underscore Mitchell ninety four, and um, follow Matt, and uh, we'll we'll have stuff out there. It'll be it'll be perfect. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just noticed this entire show on YouTube. Our things weren't up. Our like ads or whatever. Our Twitter thing. All right. Uh, in any case, we are going to close out this show. Thank you all for listening. Um, yeah, have it. <laughs> they're up now. There you go. Congratulations. Uh, So from Doug, from DJ, from myself, have a good slate, everybody, and we will see you.